everyone, whoa, 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 whoa. welcome back, yo, to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets Hits The Mix with your host, the big dude with the big mouth from the Big Apple Big, Johnny Stud, coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn, New York. As always, we coming out the chair as always, man. Thank you so much for bringing us back and hat tip to our friend, our favorite analyst, our favorite host, and man. In the content space, Mr. Patty Mayonnaise. We love you, Patty Mayo. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod. And if you're picking up what we're putting down in a few minutes, I'm about to put on a clinic. You can rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. All right, everyone, here we go. You follow me up on Twitter at John Legaza. That is spelled right there at the bottom. J-O-H-N-L-A-G-H-E-Z-Z-A. John Legaza, flow sharp, and then a razor. Oh, my God. Let's go get it. Doing the things that we do, me and you, the Cork Stats crew. Are we ready? All right. Well, it's, I don't quite smell grass yet, but there's a lot of work to do, so we'll get to that as the weather clicks up. So will the preparation, and so will the speed I talk, believe it or not. No, I'm just kidding about that. Let's get ready for this 2023 MLB Fantasy baseball season. If you're unaware to the work I'm doing, wow, you are in for probably a pretty major treat with a capital T. You've been doing things just a little bit differently, right? There's a lot of content out there and a lot of very good content. And and I like to think that I do it just a little bit differently. You know, it's the nuance and the context. A lot of times splitting stats, understanding them, how to separate them in order to digest them, come up with a conclusion to look for trajectory, right? I know we got some Canadians on this feed and the famous line, well, of course, we want to be going where the puck is heading and not where it's been. And I think fantasy sports, that's really the key, in particular with baseball, right? When you look at growth and changes, we want to come up with directionality, right? I mean, that's kind of the idea. Are we bullish or bearish? Of course, I have a stock trading background. I found it's pretty helpful in not only staying cold, you know, to decisions. We're all going to win. We're all going to lose. Remember that at the end of the day. But I think the most important thing is doing the work. Speaking of doing the work, man, I am really proud of myself tooting my own horn, banging my own drum here. And again, hat tip to you, Patty, for allowing me to shill to you people. I just dropped my overall top 625. Yes, I know not everybody goes 625 deep, but there are some pretty serious players that follow my stuff, as long as some newbies. And again, that's a little bit of what I like to bring. Hopefully, it's a little bit of everything and a bit of that buffer, right? Really advanced stuff for the 15-team NFBC guys out there. And the beginning of the board, how to understand this stuff as we further our understanding in baseball. Again, something that I like to think that I'm pretty good at, not just understanding it, but putting it in a way that's digestible for people that they can understand it and then use it themselves, right? You know, that's kind of the whole thing. Forget, right? You give someone a fish, they fish for a day. You teach them to fish, they fish for a lifetime. Well, we're kind of looking for a culture of fisher people, right? A culture of fishermen and fisherwomen. The idea being if everybody knows how to fish, then even the fisherman gets a day off from time to time, catch me on a beach with my feet up, playing with the kids, doing the things that I like to do most. Well, I mean, the runner-up might be preparing for baseball season. Again, you can't fake this kind of funk. I put out my ranks, and I put a lot of love into it. So, again, you could just get kind of overall ranks and go by position. We went really, really deep. They are roto ranks, though... Baseball does need that nuance and the context, different formats like I spoke about. So I decided to start doing write-ups. Again, it's on sharpener.me. You can check it on the Twitter. Maybe we can get the link down in the description. If not, you follow me on Twitter. It's pinned and all that stuff. If you can't find it, you're probably not going to win many baseball leagues. So catch me on Twitter. Grab the link. 
It's only $9.99. You pay once. I'm going to update it through the offseason and through the season as injuries and trades happen and that kind of shuffling goes on, call-ups and those things. I'm going to be on top of it, of course, the entire year. But maybe more importantly, the thing I'm the most proud of is how I come to these answers, right? Lists are cool and ranks are cool. And I understand some people want that. You know, I, I, I think you could take these sheets to your draft room without prep and win. I divvied the overall into 34 different tiers, I know, of course. But the idea being, it's not just player over player over player over player, because that's not how you view the game, right? The macro game at, at large. The idea is it's in tiers and it's in waves and it's in groups. And I think it'll explain some of the ADP disparities. Again, I did not look at ADP at all. I do all of my own work and I don't care for that stuff. For example, Apex Predators is my top tier, right? Apex Predators. The tippy top hitters. Now, again, I believe in everybody. You have to, as you do your work, your perception of the board should shape how you draft. So I think there's a lot of starting pitching going, not late, that's a misconception, a little bit later. And hitting, again, with all the platooning we've seen, even with the DH, we thought there'd be more players producing an offense. It's actually been less because there's like these util fourth outfielder guys mixing in. So the idea being, you really want power, right? Power's down. So you want to get power that comes with average. Average is down. And even though speed may be up on the whole, you still really would get speed. You want to get speed, I should say as part of a categorical balance in that first round. So I've been prioritizing hitters, the very best hitters of my apex predators. But once those run out, you need to shift to elite aces, I believe, on this board. And, you know, I already got some, not say pushback, but I got some feedback, let's say, and some people asking why, you know, you have some pitchers high up. Again, if you want to see it, you got to, it's called the teaser in the business, so we're going to give you some goodness throughout the season. I think we'll be coming to you here on Mayo Media Net probably twice a week all the way through the season. Do some. It's going to be all types of fantasy prep. We're going to do rankings. Today, we're going to do the top three outfielders. I'm going to bring the smoke and give you an idea of the kind of work that I'm doing and that you'll find. And that's the last bow. And we'll stop talking about these silly rankings that I've been trying to sell so desperately. I wanted to make my argument beyond the list. So the people at Sharpener are really cool. It's a really nice site, really clean, really crisp. Gave me the ability to do write-ups, right? It has a space for write-ups. And, of course, where someone might do the big man overdue, right? Kind of my calling card. I get it. But it gave me an avenue to present my best argument for these players. I'm pretty adept at Twitter, so you get good at kind of compressing arguments. I know people don't want to read a thousand words on each player, especially when there's that many players. So I tried to go about two or three hundred words, right? Not that I counted, but it's like a nice fat paragraph, some longer than others, depending on the argument. My best or worst case on why, and I am really, really proud of this. Okay, we're going to dive into the top three in just a second here. But the idea being, you know, you check this, you read it. <laughs> if you're new, welcome aboard. And if not, you know, right, my write-ups are not. Aaron Judge hit a lot of home runs, right? That's not what you're getting. We're talking about trajectory. We're talking about angles. We're talking about pull power, which is really very determinative right now. Again, that drop in power that I mentioned. So let's talk about a couple guys that have managed to, you know, get around that, right? To circumvent, to supersede that. And let's get into the big man's top three outfielders for the 2023 fantasy baseball season brought to you by the lovely ladies and gentlemen at Mayo Media Net. Please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Keep us afloat because they're keeping my 
buoyant belly afloat. Let's get it, everybody. Number one, my number one outfielder and number one player overall is El Abusador. It's Ronald Acuna Jr. He is the absolute goat, man. What an absolute beast, you know, and uh, there'll be a little bit of lessons here, right? We're going to do some stats, do some of the nuance, but I think, again, it's more about the application, the digestion, and how we kind of come to these answers because there is no definitive answer, but we do our best job to put ourselves in the strongest probabilistic scenario in order to succeed and hopefully at the end of the day we've put enough of the pieces together properly you know that it turns out with a fatter pocket than not so the thing i was talking about is injuries of course Ronald Acuna coming off the acl it went from oh he might miss you know half the year right then it was well he might miss a month two weeks well he's gonna be back in that month and but be close to 100 percent and I think once we saw the hype videos and the training videos and the yellow sleeve, and he's hitting the snot out of the ball, right? We know Acuna is the goat here. I think we forget that it's a very serious injury. And a lot of times, athletes that we've seen now with the track record take a full year to get back to it. Uh, sometimes it's not just a matter of full strength. It's a matter of the confidence that it takes in order to play on that leg. So pretty much going into the year, I was already getting ready to make up excuses for Ronald Acuna in particular, why he wouldn't run because of the ACL. But I knew going in that we wanted this man healthy, but we also, we want to give him right that, that chance, right? We want to give him the ability. Well, fast forward, he gave us 533 plate appearances and he got the job done. Bat 266, 71 runs, 50 RBI, 15 homers, and 29 steals. That big number at the end, probably the one that we want to focus on the most. Again, 5x5 five five Roto, number one, and you want to be shooting for that player. That's certainly five categories. I probably would have assumed the steals anyways where I was going. The fact that we got them is just infinitely encouraging. Tack that season you got on to the 600 plate appearance pace, right? I think that's kind of really important to give ourselves an idea of what an average season looks like, right? To shave off those 700s, but add into the 400s. 600 plate appearance pace for Ronald Acuna, 277, 103, 103 runs, 77, 31, and 28. That is some goat stuff right there and considering we're baking in a year where the power kind of suffered a touch. Now, you know, right? We don't want to ding him too much, but always, and maybe most importantly, something that I preach about all the time is looking at players in terms of compartmentalized baskets, right? Statistical baskets, it's a tapestry. No one thing should tip the scale, right? Because you could strike out a, a ton. But what if you destroy the baseball, right? Are one of those things enough? No, right? That's like the Miguel Sano principle, right? The guy could hit the ball to the moon, but if you don't hit it enough, it's not good enough. So that's kind of the long story simplification of why integration of stats and compartmentalizing these things matter. So I like to look at players in terms of surface statistics, discipline, elevation, and then contact quality. You know, everyone loves contact quality, but it probably is the least important, right? Round bat, round ball. It's the least predictable, at least I should say. You know, track records can be sustained. So Ronald Acuna with the disciplinary basket, and again, you know, it's a young man, right? He's only 25 years old. So the things I like to look at the most, discipline, because I feel like that's the true player skill, 10% walk rate, check, 28.5 O-swing. I mean, we're talking about an elite chase rate on a very good hitter. This is great. And the plus 77% contact rate, he posted a career here, high zone contact and a career low swinging strike. So under the hood from a disciplinary standpoint, Ronald Acuna was 
awesome, right? And that's exactly what we'd want, right? Short of the ACL injury. Let's pop the hood in the power stuff. 35% hard hit fan graphs, 50% hard hit savant. Just real quick, let's spin a bowl, right? That just, just tangent really quick. We'll get back to it. If you're going to roll with me, you got to understand some of the basics of how we push again that understanding. So there are two types of hard hit rates that we calculate. I guess we're not creative enough to come up with another name. So Fangraphs uses baseball information solutions. They have a subjective element to it, proprietary blend, including hang time, but someone is involved. That's why that number is lower, right? So when you hear 35% hard hit rate, that sounds low. It's not it's very high relative to the field. The second rate, savant hard hit rate, is a raw 95 mile an hour metric, which I know some people like more. Well, it's a hard hit ball, but is 94.5 not hard hit and 95.5 is hard hit? Again, that's how you get into the weeds. So, so I think the answer, again, is what's the answer? What's better, A or B? The answer is C, which is all of the above, right? So it can be both. 35 hard hit fangrass, 50% hard hit savant, which is phenomenal. A 430 expected woba on contact, right? That's a purely isolated contact metric 12.8 barrel 9.3 blast again blasts are the ideal subset of barrels with the degradation and offense that we saw i think some balls were improperly being placed into the barrel bin and turning up the parameters or being more stringent more strict with barrels gives us blasts and that's a probably a better descriptor. Again, I'm not into predictive. I know we're trying to predict it, but I'm using the past, and I understand this. So 116.6 max EV to wrap up the power basket. So Acuna just up under the hood, you know, 400 horsepower engine under there. So, you know, what was the problem? He just had the ball on the ground too much, something that we have, we'll see from time to time with players that are hurt. So, you know, all the boxes really checked for Acuna was exactly the player that we want. And if you believe he's healthy, he finished the season healthy. He ran a ton. And now he has a true offseason of preparation. I forget who was talking about this. It might have been Derek Van Riper on Rates and Barrels. But it's, so it's not just about having an, the offseason to prepare. It's about having an offseason to prepare rather than heal. Right? So this is like a true offseason for him, full of preparation rather than, you know, running around cones. It, obviously, these things are different. So the fly ball plus pull percentage were up four times year over year before the injury. They were 45-45 in 2021. 45 pull, 45 fly ball, which is awesome. Then we see the drop last year. And, and what? We're supposed to think that that's the input to use. So I've been hearing people quote the ground ball rate. I ain't buying it. You know, give me Ronald Acuna. Remember, this guy has a 280, 127, 101, 41, 37 season under his belt already. He's only 25. He's going to lead off for what might be the very best offense in baseball, right? They're getting Albies back, Ed and Harris. Riley's in the house. Like, they're really awesome. Yeah, you lose Swanson, but they're very, 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 very good. You know, adding short Murphy, the Braves are very, very good. So there's a chance Acuna goes for that 130 runs. Again, he's my number one player overall. There's absolutely nothing to stand in the young man's way. Just give me Acuna, you know, by three country miles. I think that 600 PA pace we see, that I mentioned, 103, 77, 31, 28, I think he demolishes that absolutely so that's my number one overall pick and again some of the nuance and stuff the digging in it you're going to get when it comes to these rankings right so 
Anybody could have put Acuna first, and you could say, well, I like that pick, or I don't like that pick. Again, I find when we agree, it's very easy to pass on, and when we don't, right, we look for the validation to say so. I put my reasoning, and that's what I stand by. So I'm really proud of these rankings. Again, not ten, not even $10, just shy of 10 bucks. It's getting you through the whole year. So let's get to my second overall outfielder. Excuse me. Everyone here is under the weather for the past like two months. And it is his honor, Aaron Judge, rocking the pinstripe, saying, goodness, he's staying in New York to play for the good guys. I mean, what could we say about Aaron Judge last year? 311, 133, 131, 62, and 16. Holy cow. Hachi, Machi, Liberace. Just unbelievable. It just absolutely, absolutely freakish. My note just says, run them through the spreadsheet. So let's check out last year's numbers from Aaron Judge. 425 OEP, 686 slug, 1111 OPS. Pretty easy to remember, but the expected stats, thick as a redwood. 463 expected Wova, 706 expected slug. And in case you weren't buying the 311 BA, the expected BA was 305. Just unbelievable. 43% fly ball rate. He's putting it up in the air with only 5% infield fly. He's very hard to beat up in the zone. The power statistics are just breaking everything. 48 hard hit. Fan graphs. 61 hard hit on Savant. Just ridiculous. 26 barrel. 19 and a half blast. 106 barrels on the year. Aaron Jones, just ridiculous. Better than a 118 mass EV. Just completely bananas. But again, we don't want to just brush by it because we know the outputs were there. Pop the hood on the disciplinary stuff, and it's fantastic. The K percentage has gone down year over year, every single year. And if disciplined, is the skill, and he's showing that it's improving. What do we got? Well, we got the best damn power hitter in the game improving his disciplinary stats all the time. I'm not sure what else you could ask for. The 25% K that we're down to is probably about average 60% walk through the roof. Swinging strike rate only at 12. The swing rate 42, right? So you could see how he pieces it together. He doesn't swing much. Most important, more than anything... The chase rate is below 27. The best power hitter in the game doesn't chase. So what does that mean? We don't care if he's striking out. We want him to offer these pitches. How else is he going to knock a ball off the moon if he doesn't swing? We love Aaron Judge. I don't know what Regression Inc. is going on and on and on about. I mean, gosh, Regress this guy. He probably still should be number one. Short of the steals for me, he's not. In point leagues, best ball, he is the 1.00. Forget 1.01. You should draft him before it's your turn. His 706 X, like I mentioned, was 34 points higher than the second place, Jordan Alvarez. 123 points higher than third place, Mike Trout. Some of those numbers I read before led all of Major League to hard hit rates. Expected Wobble on contact was 603. Oh, my goodness. Just unbelievable with the pole profile to go with it 48 percent pull rate he pulled 92 fly ball line drives good for a 750 batting average 30 home runs and 14 doubles again i mentioned a regression last thing on judge because he is just awesome i'm not sure what to say the 106 barrels were 24 percent more than anyone else in the league However, a butt, 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 the big old shaking butt, like garden hose and soapy water butt. For reference, 32 of the 45 players, that's 71% for you math majors out there, 
to hit 25 or more home runs had a better barrel to home run percentage. 106 barrels, Judge could have hit 80 home runs, and it wouldn't have been outlandish. The sky is the limit. He's impossible to get out. He's getting better every single year. The more I talk about Aaron Judge, the more I analyze him, the more I think he should be going 1.01 even in 5x5. My struggle in Roto Leagues, in particular those that have an overall component, you really can't win it all without being in the 80th percentile or better across the board. Though Judge stole 16 bags, I think that might have been a contract year thing. He'll probably get you 10, might have got you 12 that I feel good about. Anything after that would, of course, be gravy. You're not going after him for the speed, but he's not going to steal 40 bags like Acuna, 35 like J-Ram, you know, 30 like Turner, 35 like Julio, baby. So, again, depending on the format, Judge is the 1.00. Just absolutely ridiculous to think about not just what he did, but the fact that it happened in a depressed offensive environment and the separation he created from the field. Okay, remember. The field includes Jordan Alvarez and Mike Trout, okay? The way Judge performed last year, underlying statistics validated, was a man playing among boys really just ridiculous. So, all right, everybody, hope you dug that. That's two out of three. We got one more. Before we get out of here, just take a break real quick. Take that breath, please. Rate, review, and subscribe. If you're down with the audio-only pod and you haven't yet and you want this show all season, Five-star reviews are the way to get there. Mention the big dude by name, Big Johnny Stud, man, because in this world of algorithms, clicks, likes, and the like, that matters way more than, hey, is that guy smart? Hey, is that host engaging? Hey, is it compelling? That stuff really doesn't matter at all compared to the analytics. Okay. Last one. Let's close out strong as always. And again, if you're digging this stuff and you want to see the other 623 players, though, I only did advanced breakdowns for 125 so far. The first 50 are out. Then I'll be doing them a couple every single day. This thing is about going to total over 30 to 35,000 words. And again, the ranks go all the way to the end. And I'm open for, you know, feedback and interaction. Let's wrap it up. My third outfielder, it's Julio! Oh, Julio Rodriguez, my goodness. Is there a single player in the league easier to fall in love with? What a phenomenal young man on and off the field. Absolutely love this guy. Face of the game. I hope he's around for 100 years. He's only 22 years old. And oh, my goodness, are we in store for something special. 560 plate appearances last year. 284, 84, 75, 28, and 25. He was good for a $42 return in only 560 plate appearances. Toolsy, toolsy, toolsy. Oh my goodness, is the boy fantastic. Let's start with the disciplinary profile. Remember, it is not perfect. 26% K to 7% walk, just average of both ends. 14 and a half swinging strike, which again, though not great on its face, there are times where, where again, so I'm like a stickler for disciplinary metrics. There were times when that's okay. We want our hitters to be aggressive in the zone, providing they're not chasing. Julio's chase rate is worse than average, so not terrible. It's not great at 37, 82% in zone contact. So again, those numbers are all slightly below average. Think about the damage he did with them, right? So now we get to the but, but, but. His minor league career, so it's just short of 1,000 plate appearances. 19% K to 10% walk. So you pretty much have this like, you know, 3, 4, 5% swing, which 
you know, of course, he's tremendous because every time he's not striking out, he's getting on base. Could be a pop for those stolen bases and then again, uh, the subsequent run. So there's definitely another level here right off the bat, which is, again, it's just scary to think. Everything that he does is scary to think about. The power is just holy crap good already. 35 hard hit fan graphs, 50.1 hard hit savant. So really neck and neck with Acuna, 409 expected Woba on contact, 13.1 barrel, 6.3 blast, better than a 117 max EV. I mean, he is just lighting up the advanced statistical leaderboard with the pull power to boot, 42% pull rate. He pulled 61 balls in the air or line drives, good for a 672 BA, 21 home runs and seven doubles. So what that means to us is the power floor is very, very, very solid with room for growth because the career pull rate in the minors was significantly higher, like mid to high 40s, if not higher. So I think we're going to see like a full click, like a full click up. This guy is set to absolutely take off. Disciplinary gains are hard to predict. Again, at his age, you can't even expect it yet. If we get it again, it doesn't mean you don't expect it in 24. But the doors are cracked open. Is he going to kick it open? Perhaps. Will he slump a little bit in his sophomore campaign? Perhaps. But I think no matter what, we've already seen what's essentially the floor on like I'm just a ridiculous guy. He is so ridiculous. The big question, of course, four or five by five is going to center around the speed. 25 stolen bases, which is phenomenal. He stole 21 in the first half, only two in the second half. And now, here comes the stuff that you're getting when you hang out with Mayo Media Net, when you pay the 10 bucks, and you sign up for the rankings because the stuff, the devil is in the details. What happened? I mean, it was injuries. He hurt his wrist sliding into a base. And now the macro here is, this is a note to the Mariners. Stop mismanaging this guy. Oh my gosh, when your precious jewels are dinged, give him the time he needs. And we saw this twice. So Julio hurts his wrist. They try to settle it with rest. He comes back, re-aggravates it, ends up on the IL. Later on, Hurts his back, uh, warm-up swings. They try to settle it with rest. See if, tell me when this sounds familiar. He re-aggravates it and ends up on the IL. So I really think the running, those are the two worst things, by the way. Wrist to hit the bag and back to get that explosion. So the injuries were bad for running. We saw the subsequent drop-off in production. However, again, we're getting, we're getting to injuries all year. What do you make of it? The Medical determination was nothing was lasting. There's no significant, you know, there's no lasting damage, and he's going to be 100%. He stole a bag in the playoffs. So, like, we know that he's got the potential to do it. We know he's gotten the green light, and we know he's gotten the green light in the most important of spots. So, to the people that are worried about the stolen bases, I'd say if that has you knocking him down below Acuna and Judge, okay. Treya and J-Ram also? Okay. Beyond that, I think you're making a mistake. I'm not worried about it at all. You don't get to 21 steals in half of professional Major League Baseball without, one, the skills and the permission and the nature, right? The thing that really gets you going is the player. You have to want to do it. It's that. It's the drive. It's taking the inch on the lead, reading the picture and the time and pop time studying all that stuff and we're going to get a boost from the rule changes so it's totally wheels up 
for Julio. Last thing I got on him, and again, you'll see a lot of this, as I tend to, not that I tend to disagree with projections of the general market at large. It's not, I don't look to disagree with anybody. I just do my own work. And if it's different, it's different. The thing that I found I'm disagreeing with, and now I'm like, is when I disagree with my friend, Derek Hardy, who again is orders of magnitude smarter than I am. I think we'll all admit to that. And the progenitor and creator of the bat and bat X projection systems, which are phenomenal. The gold standard, in my opinion, for gauging offense. Don't ask me about pitching projections and what I think about them. For the first time, because again, we things have changed, right? The humidor change environment. Derek and I are not in line this year in a lot of players. Julio is one. Derek has Julio Rodriguez for 27 home runs and 20 steals. Okay, I have him there in the first half. Right, maybe in the first half. But again, the power profile plus the pull profile. Plus the way he pulls balls in the air with the track record behind it. Raw tools leading off opportunities. I don't know how you cap him at 27. The steals, again, you heard my pitch. We could settle at 20 if you'd like. He didn't have a crazy history of steals in the minors. Maybe that's the reason. I think you're getting 25 minimum. I think he's a 35-30 guy, to be honest. I'm not going to argue for steals. It's very hard to predict. I could be wrong. Here is my issue. And where I think we might have actually picked something up before we get out of here right at that half hour mark. I'm assuming for Derek, so I don't want to speak for him, his projections are certain. But I heard very smart people, Rates and Barrels, Eno Saris, mention Seattle as being a tough environment for right-handed hitting. I'm pushing back. I'm not using three-year rolling averages. I'm not concerned with any data, park data, I should say, before the humidors, and the way they affected the ball. Just not interested. What am I seeing? Seattle. Again, I think when you use Park Daddy, you should always split it by handedness. I've been using John Anderson's board. J-O-N-P-G-H. Follow him up. He does excellent work. The board is free and phenomenal. I've been using the output data. Seattle for right-handed hitters, splitting, of course. Number three in the league in home run to fly ball rate. Number four in the league in barrel per home run. Okay, that's a top five. Power park. Not a bad park. It's a good park. And I think we saw it last year with a few players. Eugenio Suarez, right? Going nuts. I mean, he always hits home runs, but it was there. Same for Julio. So that's my spiel. A little bit of what you'll get. If you check me out, sharpener.me. We'll put the link in there. Check me out on Twitter, 999. Thank you so, so much. And make sure that, you know, we're tagging Pat. And showing him the love that he deserves. Because a guy like Pat, he does so much for so many people that it just kind of falls behind the wayside. You know, as a doer myself, I know I do for all the time. You don't get the thanks. You don't expect it. He doesn't do it for thanks. But I'm thanking you, Pat, if you happen to see this. So everybody remember, if you love what I'm doing, there's no me without him. And there's no us without you. So there's that little symbiosis. Round and round we go. Where it stops? Nobody knows. Thanks so much for picking up what we're putting down. That'll do it here for... Daily fantasy sports picks and bets featuring Cork Stats and John Legaza. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Make sure you check out the audio only pod. All the sports stuff's really great. The DFS guys doing great work. Patty and the golf guys doing fantastic work as well. And if you need MLB, well, I know someone. So I think that'll do it. Remember, last lesson when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck. Support your boy, yo. Peace. 